0: Here's the deal. We we have a lot to do tonight. I'm just going to be honest right up front. We have a lot that I want to do tonight, and we also have real-life awesome parents who used to be parents of high schoolers, and now those high schoolers have graduated, and they're here um, for kind of a panel and a Q&A, and so really that's going to be the most important part of what we get to. But before we do that, I just want to kind of lay a framework. We're in a new series, brand new. It's called um, Family Feud. We're actually going to be playing Family Feud in a couple weeks when we invite your actual parents to well, which we'll tell you about in a second, uh, on November 20th. Parents or parent-like people are going to be invited, um, and and so as we go into this series, I was kind of thinking about this. Um, I could probably share so many stories of times when I have fought with my parents or I fought with my siblings, and I'm not going to do that. But what I have realized is that every, everyone say every, every, every family, listen to this. Every family fights, every family has, has conflict. So you might think that, that you're just crazy and that your family's crazy and you hear about you know, whoever across the street and they have the perfect family. Every family is flawed and is broken because every person is broken. And I have this kind of story in my own life where I, when I was in high school I thought my parents were perfect. They couldn't do any wrong. Then that was all shattered when I like was a senior in high school into like my freshman year of college when I realized they weren't perfect. And then there was this season of me just being really angry that my parents weren't perfect, right? So there was that season. So some of you guys right now, you think everything is perfect, everything's great, um, but there might be a moment where you say, no, actually, there's some things that are going on. And then there was a season where I blamed them, and I was frustrated with them, and I was like, why did you parent me in this way? Why did you do this? And I was super angry. And then here's this new season right now that I'm in when I'm realizing I'm pretty broken and jacked up, too. And they were doing the best they could with what they had at the time, And I realized I'm broken and my parents are broken. We are all broken. And when broken people get together, they break things, right? That's what happens. So even like we're a high school group, we're a family here. And being a family doesn't mean that we're always healthy. It doesn't mean that we're always loving each other well. It means that we're broken, but we stay because we're a family. We stay because we're a family. And, and so what I was thinking about is we, we all have brokenness. Um, even when you look at, at Scripture, there's a ton of commands, though, about how we're to love our parents and our family. So we're just going to put some of these on the screen. I think we have them right now. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Proverbs 6.20. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Proverbs 15.20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Colossians 3.20. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. That's Exodus 20.12. So that's after the Israelites have had crazy authority figures over them. They're freed, and they're still like, no, you've got to still obey somebody, right? So a lot of you, you think, but the Bible didn't hear about my family. I see all those things, but the Bible doesn't know how bad my parents are. The Bible tells me to honor my parents and my family, but you don't know about my brother, Mark, <laughs> right? Bless you. Um, a lot of us, we've, we kind of think that the Bible doesn't talk about us, um, and we try to think, no, we're the exception, but just listen to this. This is just some facts about um, some things that are crazy in the Bible. There's a lot of examples of of biblical families that are broken, right? So there's this one family that has a pattern of lying from each generation. Um, It's Abraham and Sarah, right? Abraham also is kind of this, like at one point, he's kind of this this sexist jerk. And Isaac and Rebecca's marriage, um, after that, is characterized by lies. Jacob um, lies to almost everyone, and he's, um, he's one of their sons. His name even means deceiver. He tries to plot and steal his family's inheritance. So if you ever like oh, my my family is bad. Like, read some of the scripture. Like, trying to plot and steal, like, everything that that was owed to your brother. Um, Abraham has a favorite. So, like, there's this, like, to, like, this crazy extent, um, he favors... he favors Esau. Abraham has a child at a wedlock. Isaac has this crazy, terrible relationship with Rebekah. There's like two wives, a bunch of concubines, crazy stuff. Isaac and Ishmael were cut off from each other. Jacob flees his brother Esau and actually next week we're talking about that uh, and, and like, there's like brothers and there's drama and the Bible is rated R by the way if you didn't know that. like, We give this to kids and it's rated R but if they were to read it like, there's some crazy stuff. So we think that the Bible isn't talking about our family but the reality is Everything I just read is from literally one family in the Bible. One family. Um, And so we think we're the exception, but Scripture is unanimous that we're supposed to honor our family, honor our parents. Um, and, And I was kind of thinking, when we go into this series called Family Feud, we really have two options when it comes to our family, two options when it comes to our parents. Either we're fighting with them or we're fighting for them. We're either fighting with our brothers and sisters and our parents, or we're fighting for them. And anything worth having in your life is worth fighting for. A relationship with your parents is worth fighting for. A relationship with your siblings is worth fighting for. And so I think at the end of the series, I hope that you would stop fighting with and start fighting for your family. Um, so scripture tells us that we're supposed to honor our parents and our family. And so we're just going to go through this super quick. Why should we honor our parents? Why should we do that? You guys can write it down, it pleases Jesus. Colossians 3.20 says, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Like, we just sang a ton of worship songs, and I loved it, and it was amazing. You guys were singing at the top of your lungs. But then, we'll go home and be a total jerk to our parents and our siblings. So this might have been in tune, but we go home, and it's totally we totally like botch the chorus. What I'm trying to say is, this is worship here. But Jesus says that when you go home, how you love your parents is also worship. Like, it's crazy to me that a lot of you guys, if I were to say, hey, we have a mission trip to Ecuador, we're gonna go take like, 10 or 15 people. It's gonna be in May. This is actually true, by the way. We're gonna do this with High school Um but if I were to tell you that, you guys would be like, all right, signing up. Okay, we're gonna to go to Rainbow Acres and help people with disabilities. We're gonna go there uh, over Orange's spring break. Boom, I'm gonna to go to it. We're gonna to go to Mexico over, you know, Tussin spring break. Yes, sign me up. You're know, gonna do a walk and we're gonna fight for people who have like, you know, experienced human trafficking, yes, sign me up, do it, whatever, serve, serve, serve. We will do everything, but then if I were to say love your family, we see it differently. Isn't that weird? Like we're willing to go across the world, but we won't go across the room. That's crazy. But loving your family and serving your family is just as much worship, and it's pleasing to God. Second thing, honor your parents because you will grow. You will grow. Because, guys, what if your parents actually have some really good things to say? What if they actually are out for your good? Wow. What if they actually have good things and nuggets of truth to say? I know that's crazy because you can't see it because you have what's called adolescence, and it's hard for us to receive anything from our parents, any authority figure. You guys actually have, it's like a blurred vision where you're not able to see even good things, and that a lot of us have that, but especially in adolescence, we have it. Um, so we need to, we honor our parents because you'll grow. I was thinking about this. If we can't, I mean, this is for me too, like if I can't like love and honor and respect my parents when I don't understand them, and when I don't get them, and when I don't agree with them, how can I expect to love and honor and respect and follow God when I don't understand it, and I don't agree with them, right, so if you guys want to practice loving God, and practice being obedient to God, like if we're not obeying our parents who we see when we don't agree with them, how can we obey our God who we don't see when we don't agree with them anyway, he doesn't make sense, you guys tracking with that, okay, so you will grow, third thing, God loves them. God loves your parents. God created them. Yeah, they might be weird. Guess what? You're weird too. God created them. And he looked and said, you are very good. You were made in my image. He created them. And I need you to get this. Jesus died to save your parents, to rescue your parents. Jesus loves them. Jesus purchased them. He loves them. And he forgives them. And so we should love them too. Last thing. God has called them. This one kind of makes me feel like, because I know a lot of you, next week we're going to talk about this, a lot of you come from like parental backgrounds where there's been abusive stuff in your family, and where, honestly, when, when I say honor your parents, that with a caveat, which means with an exception of if your parents are asking you or doing things that are, are unbiblical, you don't follow them there, right? So if you're being abused, like, that's unbiblical and so when I say honor your parents obviously don't do it if, if they're going to make you like go against scripture so this one it, it, it's kind of hard for us to think but God chose your parents for you he called you to the awesome task of raising you which is super hard by the way I'm trying to raise a dog right now we had the the what is it even called the dog trainer over last night it was the most stressful thing in the world and she's like, well, some people think that you should do this part of training and you throw a chain on the ground and it makes them scared. Other people think you should have them you know, use food and that should be what draws them and trains them. Other people think you shouldn't use food and you should make them obedient based off of toys. And like, there's going through all the different things and this person's like, but I'm right. It's like, can you imagine like how many books and blogs and things your parents like would read and like are, are hearing? Like they're just trying to raise you and do it well and it's hard. Like I can't, again, I've said this before, like I can't even keep track of a pair of glasses, right? And they're trying to keep track of you. When one of the things with teenagers is you have this idea of invincibility, so nothing's going to hurt me. Like, can you imagine that? Like, my dog wants to run into every single car. Like, metaphorically, a lot of you are like that as teenagers. Oh, this is going to be fun. Boom. Okay. So, God is entrusted with your parents with a really awesome task of raising you. And, um, And so when Scripture says honor your parents, it means give them the best seat at the table. Can you imagine if you raised someone for 15 years and then they were talking and like, taking more advice from their friends that they've known for 15 minutes or from their, their Instagram that they were like, scrolling through? Like, To honor your parents means to give them weight. Not like feed them, but like, literally to make their presence and what they think is right bigger. To give them a bigger space in your life, to give them a bigger space at the table, to say what you have to say is more important than what Sally and Sarah and Mark and them have to say. They're good friends. They're great. But but let's be honest. Have they been with me this whole time? Do they have a perspective outside of the teen years? Like a lot of us, we ask other people our age for help, which is good. This is why you have leaders and counselors in your room. Like they're going to give you perspective outside of what we can't see on our own. Um, Cool. So what if your parents are wrong? What if you really feel like my mom, my dad, they're asking me to do something that I shouldn't do. Um, Here's um, just four steps that I'm giving you, and then we're going to go to this panel. Um, The first thing is you... If you think your parents are wrong, most of the time, you're probably wrong. Let's just be honest. Most of the time, your parents are right, and we're not, and we can't see it. So I'm just going to say that, and we don't like to hear that, and I would have hated to hear that if I was in high school. Um, But if you really feel like your parents are wrong, first of all, pray. Pray. Vent to God. Tell God, God, I hate this. This sucks. This is the worst. And as you pray, like, pray that your heart could be aligned with God's heart. God, show me how to love my parents. God, remind me of what you've done for my parents that you care for them, that you love them. Pray. It's really hard to go scream at your parents if you've just prayed about it. I mean, some people can because they're very talented. Okay, second thing. Gather your thoughts by writing them down. Journal. Write down what do you actually think? What are you actually frustrated about with your siblings? Okay, is it really the coffee pot that spilled on the ground or is it something behind that, right? It's usually other things um, that are causing us to be angry. So write down your thoughts. Third thing, when you go to your parents, do a lot of listening, and then you can say things like, you know, um, I really feel like, like this is how it made me feel. All right, uh, so we can listen. And then fourth thing, ask church for help. If you really feel like this is a situation that you're not being heard, or you might be being abused, talk to one of us. Talk to your leaders. We're here for you. Uh, and we want, we want to help you. So, I mean, honestly, I've sat down with, with some parents and, and students, and we've sat down, and we've had really, really good conversations, and I, I've been able to be a mediator with them at some of that. Um, and sometimes you just might want to have your leaders hear what you're feeling and thinking, because sometimes when we hear our thoughts said out loud back to us, we realize, oh, my gosh, that wasn't that big of a deal. Why am I making this into such a big a deal? Who am I? I'm a teenager. Welcome. Um, so, anyways, this is... Um, just some thoughts when it comes to honoring your, your parents. And so tonight we have the privilege of having some live parents here who were parents of high schoolers in the past. And so um, I'm gonna invite them up. You might know some of them. Um, we have Kevin and Lynn Kodzas. They're gonna be coming up sitting right here. We, we also uh, we also have um what, what grade are you teaching? Okay, you you might remember him from teaching you in sixth grade. Ladies and gentlemen, Jean Longobardi. (laughs) And finally, you might know her from her kids, um, Michelle Shaw, everybody. Cool. So, um, first of all, let's go down, and I already said your name, but maybe... Say your name again, and then um, what? Um, how many kids did you have? When did they graduate? Maybe just give us a couple details on that.
1: Favorite flavor. I'm Michelle Shaw. I have Savannah and Ian Shaw. You might know them. Um, Savannah, oh, when did they graduate? Oh, Savannah is a junior in college, and Ian just graduated last year, first year of college.
2: Awesome. They are 18 and 20. They're awesome. So I'm a little bit older. Um, some of you might know Erin. She's my oldest daughter, 35 years what old. She has two beautiful daughters mm-hmm. herself. And then my daughter, Leanne, is 33, and she's got a son and a daughter. And we're taking the two six-year-olds to Polar Express on Saturday. <gasps> oh, That's awesome. So
3: we have Lady Kevin. We have Carly, who's in tonight. He's a nurse at Fountain Valley Hospital. Our middle one, Kevin, Jr., is at Holy Cross. He is a junior, a senior at Holy Cross, he plays lacrosse. And um, our youngest, Trevor, graduated last year, and he is um, in France through a uh, program with Columbia. Cool.
0: Ditto. So okay, hey team, so I have some questions down and part of this was things that you guys submitted on Instagram and then the other, others of these are just questions that parents or teenagers have asked. Um, one of the things while we're doing this, just so you know, I feel like sometimes we dehumanize our parents and we don't see them as people. Um, so in these questions, um, as they share, just know that a lot of this is like what your parents are feeling and thinking too. So um, one of the questions, um, we'll just go in deep right now, um, what's something that you wish um, that um, that people knew uh, about raising a teenager. First, that yeah. kids know, or yeah. that
2: adults
3: know.
0: The kids don't
2: know. Okay, this may come as a shock to you guys, and I just hold on to your seats. But we've never done this before. I mean, really, we're, especially if you're an older, the oldest child. We are blazing new trails. We have no idea how to navigate uh, boyfriend-girlfriend situations. How old should you be when you drive a car? Uh, luckily, my kids were, uh, were growing up before they had the Internet in their fingertips. So uh, we've never done this before, and it's scary, and we have no idea how to get by and how to do this. And day by day, we're just trying to figure it out.
3: I would say our kids don't know how much we worry about them
4: yeah I, you know I I I also um, think that our kids don't think that we've been through stuff before right so I always think I've been a teenager I know how hard it was and um, I, I get it and the other thing too is we are different even though the, they're my kids all people are different so it, it just it's um we we have to be able to listen. So I, I just I, that's kind of hard. We gotta get that rhythm in life.
0: So um, uh, one of the things that I was thinking about is um for for you guys, you were saying that it was hard to figure out when should they date. You know when, when how late should they be out? Just like trying to figure out decisions as far as boundaries and then how to how to be parents. What was um just in general, what was one of the hardest decisions that you had to make as a parent of a teenager
4: i think the I think the hardest thing is um we 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 kind of know what you're up to, and um, when we try to explain it to you and you choose your friends over your family and good decisions um that's hard it's hard to and uh, i mean uh, so many times i'd um you know p- part of adolescence i always say is is making mistakes and we see, we see them coming and we've been through it so i think that's kind of a hard that's a hard thing with with the kids they just don't they don't recognize that um we've been through it
3: i i don't think they um realized when they were hurt or they were rejected or they had disappointments um we felt that so intensely too and i don't I don't know if they necessarily knew that because their world was, they were so insular and thinking, but, you know, those losses or those whatever, ugh, I mean, we, there were times we went to bed just feeling just sick because we felt like we were going through it too.
2: Yeah, and I think dating and relationships, best friends and all, for me, um, it, this stuff happens faster for a parent than we expect it. We're thinking, okay, well, by the time, and by the way, especially a dad of daughters, we're all about protecting you guys because we were guys, and we know you need protection. So when my daughter first decided that she, I started noticing, it was at a Trinity uh, um, musical, and this guy was hanging around her, and she was a a freshman, and she said, is it okay if if, uh, James takes me out? I said, uh, I'm going to have to meet him. Oh, yeah, you'll meet him. I said, well, you know, you're going to need me to drive you, right? He said, oh, no, he has a car. <laughs> Whoa, wait a second. You're a freshman. He's got a car? <laughs> and within a space of three weeks, I went from, do we let her do this, and I need to protect my daughter from this guy, to, dad, I'm going to dump James. And don't you be talking about dumping. You let him down easy. So th- it goes full circle. But, <laughs> But those decisions, you know, you're... You're, yeah, you're, I had to protect my daughter from this kid and the other way around. But but I think as a parent, those relationships, who you're hanging out with, and especially who you're going to date, those are really scary and tough decisions. How much can I let go and how much do I need to put my foot down?
1: I also think, too, I don't know if this has to do with another question, but like also like just when it t- came time for us to be able to let go and you guys making your own decisions on who you are actually hanging out with. Like we weren't picking your friends anymore. And that was like a very difficult time as a parent to trust you guys and realize, okay, they're old enough now. They're at school. We can't follow them around anymore. And they're going to be picking who they want to hang out with. And we have to trust God and know that they're going to make good decisions and be with people that are going to be encouraging and Um, just being good for them in their day-to-day lives and praying for them and, you know, just being there for them, and that doesn't always happen. So just being able to let go and, um, you know, just trusting that, you know, you've done well as a parent and knowing that your kids are going to make good choices, that was very, very hard, like, realizing that.
0: So I feel like you're kind of – a lot of you guys have talked about when your kids wanted to maybe – Push boundaries or do something that you weren't ready for. Um, what was it like for your kids to really want something, and for you still to to hold your ground and say no? You know, like to have that solid boundary. Or were there times where you said you re- you relented and you're like, hey, whatever, um, and that you regretted? I don't know if anyone has anything to speak to that. Um,
2: this was beyond being a teenager, but I almost let my daughter marry the wrong man. And uh, it would have been the biggest mistake that I ever made in my entire life. And it would have been her biggest mistake ever because that's, that impacts your life forever. And it was someone I knew, it was someone that I had mentored and I, and I loved him, but they were wrong for each other. And I didn't, I didn't know enough at the time to really dig deep and investigate on both sides was this really right? I, I know a lot now, so if any of your parents are going through that, I'd be happy to talk to them. But that was that was a scary moment, and and something I almost regretted the rest of my life.
3: I think for me, um, there was a time when you know we were hitting, We were hearing from our kids, everybody else's parents let them do this, and you guys are so bad, and everybody else gets to stay out late or. There are parents that are letting them drink, or and it was it was really hard. Um, we didn't want to lower the bar. We really wanted to stick by what we really believed, what was right. But we were the bad guys, and even with some of our parent friends, um, we're doing things that we didn't agree with or letting their kids, and that was just a that was hard. Um, it was hard on us and. It, was hard on our relationship with our kids because we don't we don't want to be doing this, but at the same time, we were just trying to honor God and and do the right thing in our home and stand for what was right, um, but it it caused friction.
4: One thing I didn't love was um, <laughs> and and I used to get pushed all the time was. Uh, was sl- was sleepovers. And um, and people used to say all the time, like, hey, Dad, why can't I sleep over someone's house as a sophomore? I'm like, hmm, who's over? And then you'd call over and that parent wasn't there or there was all, all kinds of things that would happen like that. <laughs> and I would, and those were the things that they could, well, they're not going to like me anymore if I'm not there. And you could feel that like they were stressed out over that. But um, the other thing, because I don't have someone else here, Somebody wanted to go as a senior to Coachella, and there was just no way. <laughs> there was no way that was going to happen. But everyone else went. And they were going to blow up the lacrosse game to go to the Coachella, and um, and it is super important because Coachella doesn't come every year for two weeks, and and it's just and it's and um, I don't get that. But when your kids are like talking to you like that and say, "Dad, you'll never," I'm like, when you are out of college you can go to Coachella, and you can pay for your own ticket. <laughs> but um, So those are the things that you're pushing the envelope with. The other thing, too, is really, um, if and this is kind of hard. If you don't like the person that your kid is dating, that is hard, because you've got to listen and let it kind of run its course, you know, or just make idle threats when they're not looking to that person. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, Thanks, that's Kev. a Christian way to do oh, things. I really appreciate
0: that, just <laughs> behind I, their back. <laughs> Um, so what, this kind of goes along with what we've been talking about, but was there something that you wanted to tell your teen when they were a teen, but you knew that they wouldn't have been able to hear it at that point? I don't know if that makes sense. They they wouldn't be able to hear. You just knew that they were going to not understand or not hear it or not, or just blow you off. Was there something that you wished that you could have told them that they would
2: have heard? Um, Your parents all have a story, and and you talked all before about brokenness, and your parents have been through a lot of stuff. Some of your parents far more than they would ever even tell you. And and I kind of wish that I had been able to tell more of my story to my kids, because I think the picture you have of your parents is that the way they are now is the way they've always been. So if your parents are reasonably successful or accomplished, you think that they've always been successful and accomplished and you don't know the struggles and the pain and the suffering that they've been through in their life to help to get them there, that built the character that you admire in them. So I kind of wish that, but most of the time kids aren't going to listen to, you know, tell me stories about when you were 11 years old and you were 14 years old. I I wish, and, and I wish that more parents would try harder. I wish I had tried harder to tell them my story of difficulties and challenges. So they just have a little different perspective of who I am.
1: I just feel like kids are so hard on on themselves and, like, their situations and what they're going through, and so I just feel like um, just, like, letting them know that, like, God doesn't make mistakes, and everything that happens is for a reason, and that every bad situation that happens in your life right now, God's going to turn it to good and use it for good. So I feel like that's hard to kind of get through to kids sometimes when there's so much bad around. So um, I feel like... Yeah, that would have been something more that um, that I wish my kids kind of got more that they would stop and think about. Like, yeah, I can get through this situation. Like, it's tough and it sucks, but like, I'm God's gonna get me through it no matter what. Um, it's gonna be a, a struggle and a trial, but um, yeah, it's I'm gonna get through it, and I have the support and the love of my family and everyone around me. But um, yeah, that, I mean, I think that's just like so huge.
2: That's good. I'll just add to that this is such a short period of your life, it's gonna blow right by. And yet there's so many decisions you make now that'll impact the rest of your life. And I think every, I wish every kid would know, this is so brief, think about what's beyond this, not what goes on today, tonight, these next four or five years.
3: And I would say too, in addition to kind of carrying what you're saying, um, there's so much pressure for all of you guys to achieve. And I, I wish that I had, um, and, I, and I think I kind of fell into that, too, with my kids. And I realized, oh, my gosh, you know, who cares if you make varsity or who cares? You know, like, play college sports. I mean, in the big picture, what is so important is your character and integrity because that's going to give you the best life for the next 50 years. It's not these four years that all this pressure is, and I, and I wish – you know, there's so many re, um, redos I wish I could have as a parent. Like I look back and oh, I would have done this differently, and I would would have done this differently. And and but I also know too that God fills in those gaps. I really trust that too. But um, that you guys are just so perfect the way you are. I mean, you are perfect. And and we loved our kids like that. We wouldn't change a hair on their head. But I don't know that we told them that because we were. I think there was just achievement, you know, in this town that we live in, is such a focus. (laughs) I,
4: I well, I I have to I have to say that um, along those lines, you guys all in here, like we, we always set high high bars for our kids, and um, but really, but we put the high we put that bar up because especially in faith and service and how they do things, and that's because we believe in them. But we, but, we, but we do that, but we also understand and love you through it that we know that you're going to go back and forth like this, and you guys are going to know it's not a straight line. It's going to come down. It's going to go up, and we're going to love you through it, and no matter what, at the end, it's all okay. It's all okay. As long as we have each other, we love each other, and we're going to look out for each other. But we're going to always set that bar high. We're going to always put God at the top, too. And that's a struggle for all of us all the t- on a day-to-day basis and give up control. But I want to have that. I, and especially with all you guys, the ones I've known, here's your, here's your bar. It's up here. But I don't know what's going to go underneath it. It's going to take some time, okay? But it's going to be okay.
0: It's going to be all right. Um, hey, before we go into the small groups, did anyone have a, a question? Now that we have these guys here, anyone have a question about... Um, just a perspective of a parent on something that you might want. You don't have any thoughts?
2: Hey, Carly has a question, do you? <laughs>
0: we got one right here. Um, what is one thing you say to your parents when you go home?
3: I would say um, <laughs> sometimes as teenagers, uh you guys are cranky or hormonal or whatever's going on, and we want to be so close to you. And, you sh- and kids, teenagers sometimes shut their parents out. And it would just be so nice, you know, just the one-syllable answers. We want to hear about your day. And it would be such a blessing to them to open your heart to them and tell them what's going, really going, like if you had a hard day or you had a really good day, just share your heart with them. That would be a blessing to them. Or just a huge hug, tell them you
1: love them. Yeah, definitely, because that's, like, takes time and, like, effort from you guys. So, like, literally that, like, would mean the world, like, to stop and take two minutes to have eye contact and, like, literally sit and take that time with your parents. But literally what Lynn said, like, when my kids, like, don't even say a word and just hold their arms out and give you a huge hug, that, like, literally makes me cry. Like, that's all I need. So that means the world to parents. I don't know what it does, but dude, that's all you have to do. <laughs> give him a hug.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna say this backwards from the way I learned it as a parent, how kids spell love. But parents would spell, especially your age, would spell love, T-I-M-E. And so I, I don't know about asking them a question, but getting to know them. You know, hey, what's going on in your world? What was it like when you were, when you were my age? You know, just somehow trying to find a way, because for some of your parents, getting close to their kids is, is weird, you know? And, and a teenage daughter, that's a time when dad's daughters start pulling apart. This relationship that was so close, and now I, I can't even talk to my dad, and your dad is thinking, we used to be so close, we even held hands all the time, and now I can't find a way to try to relate to your, your parents. And, and it's, it's about time, you know, it's about spending time together.
4: One of the things, too, is if um, you guys confide in your parents, you know, like what's going on. I, I love that. Just talking to them and even coming in. Like sometimes you guys don't feel like your parents. How many of you guys feel like your parents just are, are just throwing stuff at you all the time? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Can I have a, a comment on that? Yeah. They're just correcting you all the time. Do you guys feel that? You're getting corrected? Sometimes it wouldn't be a bad thing to come home and say, you know what? I want to spend time with you, but can you just listen? can you just listen to me and hold? So that's one thing that would probably be nice to hear is if my, my kids came home and said, dad, can you just listen to me instead of giving me direction?
0: That's awesome. That's a lot of really good wisdom that we just heard. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you know that lot of really good wisdom. And I really appreciate even your guys' humility of saying like, if we could do it again, we would do it differently, you know? Um, and I feel like there's something that every single one of us can, can take away and put into practice, even as you, go, you guys go home tonight and then tomorrow with your, your parents or even parent type people. This is, I mean, advice just for those people who have that parent type role in your life. Um, so just, um, I want everyone to just take a moment and just close your eyes. And just I want you to think of one thing from this, this panel that stood out. I know we talked about it a lot, but what's one thing that you really feel like you should take away, put into practice, or remember when it comes to your parents? Jesus, we thank you for our parents. And we know that, you know, our, our parents, at, at their best, they're just a, they're a reflection of who you are. And they're never meant to replace you, Jesus. They're meant to reflect you, and we know that they're broken. And so just right now, God, we pray for our parents. We pray for our families. A lot of us, we've been fighting with them but we haven't done anything proactive to encourage them and fight for a relationship and fight. We, you know, we've had our, yeah, we've we've just been so distracted. We've been so self-focused. And so we repent of that and say, and just realize you want so much more for our relationship with our parents. So thank you for giving us this perspective that n- not very many people get. Um, thank you for this time that we've had together. We pray this in your name. Amen. Um uh, first one of all, more thing?
2: Yeah, go for it, Gene. Our favorite service is coming up in two weeks It's when you guys take over the service. youth Sunday. I've been doing this for 30 years at Trinity. It's fantastic. We are proud of you guys. We're proud of who you guys are, and we love to see you guys take over the worship. It, it fills up the whole congregation, so thank you guys for that. Awesome. Yeah, give it up for the, these guys. Thank you.